Hi, this is Solomon with What's the Dealio. College admissions are a big deal. Regardless of what grade you're in, you're going to be thinking about them, especially during a disruptive time like this COVID-19 pandemic. Today on What's the Dealio, we have a discussion. Our student panelists will share their thoughts about the college process and about how they feel like COVID-19 has impacted their personal path. Then we'll have a news update from Jacob. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to What's the Dealio. I'm Hugh McGuire, and I'm with... Hi, I'm Levi Cannon. I'm a junior. I'm Bella Salate. I'm a senior. I'm Armand Bally, and I'm also a senior. And I'm Marine Savori, and I'm a junior. And today we wanted to talk about how the COVID-19 outbreak has affected our college admissions as well as our college process. So just for the juniors initially, uh, I wanted to ask, considering the cancellation of admissions tests, the implementation of distance learning, and various personal experiences that have come from COVID-19, I wanted to ask what were some of the impacts that it has had on your college admissions process? And kind of more specifically, how has it changed your thinking? Um, So I think personally, at the, probably for just admissions process wise, the biggest change is, you know, getting rid of standardized testing or not getting rid of in, in applications, but not having it required. Right. So that's going to kind of change, you know, how your application is structured. You know, there's going to be more scrutiny held on everything else on your application. Um, so in that sense, it does take a little bit of weight off of your shoulders, knowing that, you know, you don't have to get, super high scores on SATs or ACTs or something necessarily. Um, but then there's also kind of a new thing of, well, okay, since everything, since that's taken out, right, everything else is going to look, be looked at um, more closely. So how do I kind of make that look stronger? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think there's a lot more flexibility this year regarding what they look at. So like, I don't know if you have, a better AP score than grades. They might look more at that because they'll say, oh, the grades are because of Corona or just other cases like that. But at least for me, the way it's impacted me in the college decision process, especially, is that I was planning on visiting tons of campuses. And now that that's not really an option, it's kind of like removed a whole factor in my decision process because for me, that was going to be like a pretty important one. So yeah, I think being having to do all of the college like decision research at home is a huge difference at least in my process yeah and I definitely can relate on that as a senior um you know obviously we got our decisions back and we obviously have to make kind of a, a decision based off of that and and being at home obviously makes it more difficult because this is a time for seniors to also visit campuses and see if this is where they want to spend their next four years. So, you know, I could definitely relate with the juniors in that sense. Um, I have like a question for the juniors. Um, I've, I just keep hearing like lots of different people say different things, but for some people I know that like not taking SATs is like a serious disadvantage for them or they're like really upset about it. And then for other people, they see it as like kind of like a silver lining. And like, I just wanted to know how you guys felt about that, like on personally. 
Honestly, I don't feel like it's either disadvantage or an advantage. I, I'm fine with taking standardized tests. I don't really have anything against them, really. Um, but it, you know, you can also look at now that that's gone. I can focus on the other stuff, and and maybe if you think that that standardized testing is kind of unfair or isn't a good measure, um, that that could be a good thing. But I think personally, it hasn't really. I guess affected me too positively or negatively, I think. Yeah, definitely neutral, especially because I think so many people I know took it like before the whole Corona thing happened in October and August. And then there's also going to be tons of testing opportunities the new school year that we're going to start, whether it's I don't know, in August or I think they're adding one in September even. Um, so I think... I think it's pretty neutral. You can look at it either way. You can look at it either you're happy that you don't need to do it or if you want it to be an important part of your application, I think they did a pretty good job of adding more testing dates. So. Yeah, it's definitely definitely depends on whether you consider yourself a strong test taker and you think that's going to help your case or you know maybe you're not as much of a good test taker, but other kind of pieces of evidence are more representative of you know your qualifications for each school. And I think that's a good point too. Yeah. About uh, kind of people who are, you know, good at test taking and, and then kind of think as academics as their kind of forte, right? Because this year it's going to be so hard to accurately kind of represent, you know, with you've lost standardized testing and now grades and AP tests. Sure. You might have them. Um, but do, what do they actually mean? Right. Like um, if you do good on the APs, but you don't have good grades, then what does that mean? If you have good grades, but not a good score on the AP, what does that mean? And there's tons of people, you know, who are in other systems that take like IB or some other program, right? Where they don't even have an exam like us. Um, so I think it, it does negatively impact people who are very like study focused, who are, are whose strongest points really are their grades or, or their academics. And it, it puts more of a spotlight on the individual character of students, I think. Personally, I feel like that's might be a positive thing for the college process, like in the long run, like it might seem like it sucks like right now, but for me, like um, my, the school that I'm most likely committing to says they're going to do test optional for the next four years to kind of test it out afterward. And one of, in my opinion, like as a senior, like when I looked back at like, everyone's decisions and just you kind of realize it is kind of a scam certain people who you would think would be like shoe-ins for like certain schools like didn't get into those and like I don't know I feel like sometimes like people really played the game well the college game well like they took the SAT four or five times to get like such a perfect score to get in that if you take that out and you look at a person as a whole and like have a more holistic view of a person not just like measuring them by like statistics it might just make the process more toxic but like you said that they might not pay attention too much to grades this year or they might focus on ap's more ap's less i was thinking about like the people who are in certain public schools like can't afford to even do distance learning they just like completely finished school and so then they were forced to take ap's not having any more school yeah and on that note i think this is important to kind of shift focus here and talk about the seniors specifically. I know Bella, you kind of touched on it, but looking ahead to freshman year in college, 
you know, there's obviously been a lot of repercussions to this outbreak, um, especially because we are going to be looking forward to the fall when we hope to uh, actually enroll. But in uh, kind of this situation where COVID-19 has had such an impact, how has it impacted you personally? And Armand, I want to start with you. So I got, um, when I rejected one of my offers from a college, they sent me like reasoning on why I rejected. And I think a lot of colleges do the same thing. And this college specifically listed out situations and scenarios in which they said, if we were fully distance learning for all four years, would you have committed or not? If we did it kind of like a half and half, would you have committed or not? And if we were only on campus the entire time, what would, would that have changed your decision? And I think it, it really like opened my eyes to this point where you're like now overlooking the fact that this distance learning thing might not go away. It might become a new normal to where you can choose to either distance learn a college or go to the college. And a lot of people's choices comes from the academic life and the student life you get combined with the education. But with distance learning, you're losing that academic, life. It's purely now for education. So are you making an informed decision on what your education is going to be? Are you supplementing it with a student life that no longer exists for right now? You know, and I think these are all just things everyone needs to think about. I had to think about when making my decision. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's, it's something that we have to consider. And, and maybe a few months ago, we wouldn't have even thought about the fact that this is such a factor in our decision. Um, I know, Bella, you were kind of touching on it earlier, but like, what do you think about, you know, actually being on campus with distance learning and, you know, what do you consider it if maybe another school offered on-campus experience or what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I rejected one of my schools like a few weeks ago and they sent me an email yesterday um, asking if I would still be interested if they offered me a spot next year in case there was like, I wanted to take a gap year or something. and. I mean, I'm not really set on that school, but I kind of just want to keep my options open. So I said yes. But um, from I've heard like lots of people's different schools say different things about the fall. Like I know a few friends who just are, are, are for sure doing online school in the fall. I have friends whose schools say that they hope to have students on campus, but they might still do Zoom calls while they're on campus. I've heard some schools just say that they're not going to do anything. And I think it depends on like the size that where your school is. And, um, for me, my school is in like suburban America and it's a small school. And that in theory, you could find some way to keep people on campus, but definitely like the, there's no, there's no way that there's going to be like a return to normalcy in the fall. Like even if students are on campus, there's no way student life or anything is going to be the same. And that, like Armand said, when it came down to choosing between two schools for me, I ended up choosing the one that was going to t- challenge me more academically because I knew social life just wasn't going to be the same as it was anyway. Um, to add on to Bella's point, uh, some people, even after the pandemic's over, it's switching the fundamental way you think about interacting with the outside world, you know, even after Corona is over or the COVID-19 pandemic is over, it it opens your eyes to what other dangers are there. Am I really staying safe? So some people 
like might be worried to put their kids in a dorm filled with other kids who are most likely not hygienic and all that, even post COVID world, it could really hamper the entire college experience. And from what I've seen with the way colleges handle things, it's a lot of follow the leader. Some colleges are waiting to see what Harvard is going to do with their fall semester before committing to what they are going to do. And it's going to be cool to see which college really takes the lead in switching up how they're going to do things to cater to these new lifestyle changes. Um, I actually saw UC San Diego, I think they released like a statement of what their plan was. And like in an ideal world, they said that they hope to open in the fall, but that they are taking like serious social distancing measures. Like they plan, UCSD is a really STEM school and they plan to test between 60 to like 80% of their students once a month. And that would be like their plan if things went normally. And I guess you could say that would cost a lot of money, but colleges right now are losing so much money by not having students on campus that that would probably end up being like not too much of like a setback for them if they were to spend that much money testing. But I mean, I don't really know like how that would like work out, but I know some schools have said that they plan on mass testing the students. Yeah. And as much as this is definitely an an imminent issue for us seniors, I kind of wanted to ask the juniors, what, how is this affecting your college process? You know, whether or not you'll physically be able to be on campus or, you know, the areas and that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, I think what Bella said about money and what Elmont said about social life is, is so, I mean, I think it applies both to seniors, you know, who are going into colleges now and, and us juniors who are applying and thinking about colleges, you know, how a college has responded to the pandemic, right? Um, I think it's such an important part of, of now of the college process because, you know, um, this is coming from personal experience. Um, my sister graduated college, um, but she still kind of works there as a, as an assistant. Um, and you know what she had major <laughs> disputes with the school because, you know, financially it's tough for them, but it's a school that had a lot of international students and they basically just told them, you know, leave and, and go home, you know? And I think it's also important for us because a majority of us, right. Are also international students. It's not like everyone has family in the U S or wherever they're going. Right. If something like this happens again, you know, I know that it's going to be a second time and then there's more preparedness involved. Right. But looking at how colleges have responded in aiding students, right. Who are go, who are going through tough times and supporting students, you know, by providing an actual education, right. With distance learning, like how has distance learning worked for different colleges? I think that is such an important part of looking at stuff now. And I think an interesting thing too, kind of going back to the admission process is how, just how it's going to, I mean, we've mentioned this before, but how it's going to change in the long run. Cause we talked about how the U S was probably going to be even more holistic, whereas they're already probably the most holistic application process in the entire world. And I think what's kind of interesting too, is that I know in France, like the end of the year testing, it's been canceled. And so now a country that's traditionally relied on like really academic scores and grades and all of that to decide who goes where, it's kind of, I think it's going to be interesting to see if this pushes other countries to have a more holistic approach 
or not. So it's interesting to see how COVID-19 really has different ramifications for each country while also being this really global thing. Yeah, and we're, we're starting to cut it short on time. So I wanted to just in conclusion, ask you guys throughout this um, COVID-19 outbreak, you know, as much as it has been very difficult, is there anything you can take away, any positives that you can take away from it? Something you've learned or, you know, something that you've realized through this experience? For me personally, you, you really start to become grateful for the things that you don't have. And I'm sure everyone feels the same way, but personally, like I, I used to take going out for granted and I know a lot of people feel similarly, but just going on a walk, I've been starting to go on like five, 10 K walks where I just go no music and enjoy the city I'm in. It's always been a goal of mine to explore Tokyo more than just you know, Roppongi, Shibuya, and Chofu, like the three places I'd mainly go to. And Corona, as bad as it is, has given me that outlet to say, well, I have so much time now. Let me just go explore. Let me see what's there. Put a mask on, put on glasses, gloves, and you're good to go. It's been really cool to see kind of because when you're stuck at home you realize how much there actually and when you have time to do things at home you realize how much there is to do like I've read so much more than I have since the beginning of high school during this time just because there is so much more time just not free but where you I guess free yeah there's so much more free time and you have so much more control over your schedule that it's been cool to experience like being able to read books or being able to draw or being able to just spend more time with family. So I think it's been a cool return to everyone, like each person's own roots. I think for me personally, what it's made me realize the most is how kind of relatively small of a part academics actually played in, in my school life. You know, um, like every day, you know, you go to school for six, seven hours. Right. And I, the amount of work that we get during DL, I think it's, it's, it's not a lot, right? You can usually get it done pretty quickly and you have so much free time. You know, it's made me realize how much of my time I spent at school, like not actually learning, but, you know, interacting with people and doing um, extracurriculars or just being there. Right. I think the, majority it's made me realize that the majority of my time at school is is actually interacting with people rather than you know just kind of taking in textbooks or something like that yeah oh i kind of like what maureen said i definitely spend more time being able to like read and um for me it's it was at, at first just having some time even though it's not the time that people wanted to have to reflect on myself and like what I wanted in my future self was really nice to have. I was able to look at my path, like the past two years being at ASIJ and kind of saw the type of person I wanted to be and like what part of myself I didn't like and what I wanted to change. And I feel like now I can bring that with me when I go to college. And that being said, I feel like I've just grown as a person, which, and I'm sure most people are going to come out of quarantine, just like different people. Okay, so on that note, that is about time. So I wanted to thank all of you guys for participating. 
And I also wanted to thank the listeners for tuning in. Hey, everyone. It's Jacob again, back with the final segment, a news update. In the United States, there have been developments on the Ukraine incident that occurred months ago when an associate of Rudy Giuliani, attorney to President Donald Trump, released recordings of conversations between Democratic candidate Joe Biden and former Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko. Initial analysis suggests that the recordings were heavily edited to put the presidential contender, Biden, in a negative light. On Wednesday, May 20th, Poroshenko stated that the leaked audio was, quote, fabricated, and a Biden spokesman told the Washington Post the same. The contents has Biden suggesting $1 billion in aid if the Ukrainian government were to fire one Viktor Shokin, a former general prosecutor widely considered to be corrupt. This incident, which had somewhat disappeared under the radar with the current COVID-19 pandemic, has been brought back into the light as the Ukrainian government has stated that the release of the aforementioned recordings would be investigated by the country's law enforcement agencies, adding that their contents might be, quote, perceived, qualified as treason. In Afghanistan, an envoy from, from the United States, Almay Khalilzad, met with Taliban leaders in Doha, the capital of Qatar, on Wednesday, May 20th. Recent surges in violence after a militant raid in Kabul, which the Taliban denied responsibility for, triggered an Afghan government order for its forces to go on the offensive. Khalilzad discussed the objectives of reducing violence on both sides and a potential exchange of prisoners, which ultimately has not been successful stalling peace efforts somewhat. This all takes place keeping in mind a February agreement this year made between the Taliban and the U.S., which stated that U.S. forces would be allowed to withdraw from the region. The main condition of this agreement was the withdrawal of the U.S. forces in exchange for Taliban security guarantees, though technically speaking, the ceasefire was not part of the pact. In India and Bangladesh, the cyclone Umpun, meaning sky in Hindi, recently landed on the coastal regions of both nations. Umpun came ashore Wednesday, May 20th, sustaining winds of 105 miles per hour, killing an estimated 80 people and causing mass destruction as it took out electricity from more than a million people and annihilated villages. The most powerful storm to hit the region in more than a decade. It forced hundreds of thousands to evacuate, akin to Typhoon Von Fong in the Philippines just last week. The ongoing COVID-19 pandemic additionally complicated evacuation efforts, and the full extent of the damage is still unknown, as the storm has taken out communications to several different regions. This event will likely have lasting consequences at the financially disadvantaged, already suffering from the pandemic, cope with the economic losses of the disaster. Today's news comes from the Associated Press, Reuters, The Guardian, and The Washington Post. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out the rest of our episodes at dulio.asij.ac.jp, on Apple Podcasts, or on Hanabi. Connect with us on Instagram at asij underscore podcast, and don't forget to tune in next Saturday for a new episode. Thanks for listening.